0: Father, this morning we rejoice in that and we ask that as we open your scripture together that you would speak to us, that your spirit would speak to our spirit and we might understand the depths with which you love us and to what you have called us, that we might be thankful and prayerful, praising you for these things and sharing these things with those around us. We pray this in your name. Amen. You may be seated. So this morning, here we are gathered in this place, and the reason I think that we're probably all here is either because we love God or we wonder why people love God, right? That's, those are the only two reasons that I can think of that you would be here this morning. Is either you love God and so you're here because you want to praise Him, or you wonder why people love God and so you're here to see if you can figure that out. And uh, we just started a study in the book of Romans um, last week, and so as we're going through this, what I'm hoping that you'll gain from this is that you will understand the good news uh, in a fresh way, and that as you're able to understand the good news of who Jesus is, that then you are confident in your ability to share that with others who wonder why you might love God. Okay, So uh, let's open, if you would, to the book of Romans. Uh, We're going to pick it up in verse 8, but I'm going to just start reading in verse 1 so that we can remember what happened last week and, and get the context for this. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. In Rome, who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And now this is where we pick it up this week. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow, by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented in order that I may reap some harvest among you, as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. Here's Paul, and he's writing to this church at Rome, and he's telling them that first, above everything else, and as he begins this letter, the first thing that he wants them to know is how thankful he is. He is praising God. He is thankful to God through Jesus Christ for all of you. He's thankful to God through Jesus Christ for all of them. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about how important it is that he uh, thanks God through Jesus for them. Right? He he's not thanking God because of great things that they have done. Because they're such wonderful people. Because of the great gifts that they have sent him. Because he's heard about the mighty works that they have done, or anything like that, he's thanking God through Jesus because of what Jesus has done. As I was thinking about that, I was thinking, yeah, what? What's an illustration of something like that? Right? That that I just so love God that when I hear about somebody else's love for God, I'm praising him for it. Right? What What's something else that that uh, I get really excited about? And I thought of like the Seahawks, and it didn't work. And I thought of the Cougars, that didn't work. I, I thought of several different things, and I, I couldn't think of anything else that is this way. I mean, we, we talk about health programs or something, we, we talk about uh, debt management programs, all kinds of programs that, that help you turn your life around right that that you see somebody else struggling and then their life get they go oh you, if you just knew about this then your life could get turned around too and and i thought and every single illustration i could think of just fell way short it wasn't even close because when i think of god and his love for us you know this is how paul starts it It's the gospel, the good news of God, which he promised beforehand. This plan that God had from forever ago about how he would save people from their sins. That plan that he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, that he was telling people all throughout the ages, this plan is mine for you, that I will save you from your sin and you will be my people and I will be your God because I love you. This one that He's been proclaiming concerning His Son who was descended from David according to the flesh. This is God's own Son that He sent for us because He loved us. That His Son could walk the earth as a man and die on the cross for the sin of us. Because our sin required death, His Son took that death on the cross even though He didn't deserve it. Why would He do that? so that three days later he could rise again from the dead having conquered sin and death and reconciling us with God so there'd be no more division or cause for division between us and God. That when we believe that Jesus died for our sins, now we are reconciled with God. We can know him. We can experience his love and see him at work. There's nothing else like that. Right? What kind of a weight loss program am I going to tell you about this? So amazing that from the before the foundation of the world, somebody came up with this so that you could use this and your life could be turned around. There's nothing. There's nothing like this. This is God only is like this. Now, when you know Him, that's better than anything else. All of the struggles, all of the shame, all of the pain, everything that you deal with before you know God and His love for you just weighs you down and nothing else matters but that. So that when Paul is hearing about this, them, right, and he's writing to them, he says, the first thing I want to say is that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. I'm I'm writing to those at Rome. I heard there's a church at Rome. So I'm writing you guys to let you know how thankful I am for you. The first thing I want you to know is how thankful I am for you. There's no second thing. All the commentators are going, how come he starts this list and he writes first of all and then there's no second of all? And I went, really? Really? Sure enough, first of all, no second of all. Why is that? Because first of all, he thanks God through Jesus Christ for them, and there is no second. That's it. I am so thankful that you have come to know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and have been reconciled with God. I'm so excited about that. And he's writing this as someone who's never been to Rome. He's never met these people. He's just heard, like other people have heard, there's a church in Rome. Did you know the gospel has made it all the way to Rome? Now you think about that, right? Jesus was in Israel and it was in Jerusalem. And that was the religious center of the world. But that gospel has gone out from there. The good news that Jesus Christ has come and died and risen again from the dead for the sins of people that they might be reconciled to God that has started in Jerusalem and it's gone out and out and out and out and now they're hearing it's gone all the way to Rome in Italy. It's gone all the way there, which is remarkable both in its distance and because that's the center of the world. Right, Jerusalem is the center of the Jewish world, but Rome is the center of the Roman Empire. That's the middle of the world right now. It's gone all the way there, and now that it's there, who knows where it could go? This is huge. And Paul is like everybody else going, I am so thankful to hear about you. I am praising God and thanking God because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. Everybody everywhere is finding out there's a church in Rome. Did you know there is a church in Rome? There's a church in Rome. It's not like, you know, we own Starbucks stock and stuff and we've heard that Starbucks has just expanded. Whoa, did you know they're international now? There's a Starbucks in Beijing. My stock is going to go way up. They're going to convert from tea to coffee. No. This is the good news of Jesus has has gone out. And Paul is hearing the reports of the good things that are happening there at Rome and he's rejoicing about it. Just like when I hear reports from our missionaries, we've got a a wall of our global outreach partners over there. And we hear reports of the things that are happening around the world. And the things that God is doing there. And the churches that are forming. And the people who are coming to know that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. And are being baptized. And their lives are being changed and transformed. And we rejoice because we hear about that. Because we know how wonderful it is for us and we just rejoice that that message is going out into other places. He says, very first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. Verse nine, for God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers. Asking that somehow by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. Notice the gospel being centric, central again, right? This good news about Jesus is central. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, in the good news of Jesus, that I serve with my spirit, with everything that's in me. I am so passionate about this that it consumes me. I, I, I and God is my witness whom I serve in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers. I I am so thankful to hear about the great things that are happening with you. I cannot help but pray. I cannot help but pray for you. I, I read this, and on the one hand, I resonate with Paul, and I go, oh, I just so get that. And on the other hand, it makes me feel so guilty. Because I'm so thankful for God for you. I'm so thankful for the faith that you have and as I hear the stories of your faith and the things that God is doing in you. And every time you come to mind, I'm praying for you. But you don't come to mind often enough. I wish I could say like Paul that without ceasing I mention you before God. As your pastor, it would be disingenuous for me to stand up here and say that. I pray for you often. I love to pray for you. I pray for you when I think of you. I pray for you when I remember you. I'm not yet to the point of praying for you without ceasing. But if you'd write on those connection cards, that'd help. Have you ever gone to prayer and felt like, oh, I have to pray? I'll confess, I, I do, do that occasionally. Every week, the pastoral staff gets together and we pray through the, those connection cards. And every once in a while, we sit down and we look at how many pages of prayer requests there are. And we go, oh man, if we're going to be praying a long time. What did you say up there that so many people filled out those connection cards and wanted prayers this week? What's going on in your congregation? And even as I say that, I'm convicted. Because it's my delight to pray for you. It's hard work. Prayer is not easy, it's not something that's taken lightly. It takes time and effort and spiritual energy and emotional energy as I identify with you and the struggles that you're going through and the things that are happening to you and as I enter in with you to prayer. To ask God for the things that we're asking Him for. Some of you have been writing the same requests down over and over and over and over again. And I struggle as I pray with you for those things. Because how hard is it to keep praying and praying and asking? God, will you answer? Will you respond? Will you hear me? God, we've been praying on their behalf that you would answer and respond, that you would strengthen them in this. Lord, why have we not seen an answer yet? And here we have Paul that's saying the same kinds of things. I so love you guys, that without ceasing, God is my witness, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers. And what's one of his primary prayers? Asking that somehow, by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. I want to come. I want to come to Rome. Paul's a missionary. He's a church planter. That's what he does. He goes out to places where the gospel isn't yet, where it's just barely gotten there, and he tells people about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. That's what he loves to do. And now he's hearing, oh, it's all the way in Rome? I'm missing out. That's where the action is. That's where the church is starting up next. And I'm stuck over here. I would love to be over there with you guys and I'm praying that that very soon I will be able to come to you. I I can't just yet but I I want to so bad because I love you guys. Can you identify with that? With hearing about how the good news, the gospel of Jesus is at work within people and just desperately wanting to be with them? There are a lot of people that can't identify with that. They're staying home. They're not even gathering with God's people where it's convenient. But oh, man. To be with his people and see what he's doing. To be encouraged by them. To encourage them? To talk about the struggles? To be praying together? To hear the reports? In fact, that's the very next thing that we see, right? First we have the praise and thanksgiving. Then we've got the prayers. Now in verse 11, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. I, I just so want to be there and encourage you. Present with you. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I've already heard about the stuff that is happening there, and I'm already encouraged by what's happening with you guys. Now I would love to come, and that we can mutually encourage one another. That I can encourage you, and you can encourage me. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I don't want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you, as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I I just want you to know how, how much I want to be there, and how I have been trying to come, and just haven't been able to so far. Why is that? Why can't he come so far? He doesn't say. He's praying for it. He's wanting it. He's trying for it. But for some reason, he can't yet do it. What's going on? Is this not what God wants? It seems like the kind of thing that God would want. And he's praying for it. I think his faith is sincere. So what's the problem? Why the roadblock? What's in the way from keeping him from being there with them? I don't know. God in his sovereignty and in his timing hasn't had that happen yet. It will happen eventually. I happen to know because I've read the book of Acts and I've read further on. And so I know that eventually he does get there but it's not there yet. He's just longing for it right now. And as I'm reading the prayer requests that you're writing on your connection cards, and as I'm praying with you and knowing that you also are praying about these things fervently, constantly, and as you're waiting for them, Paul identifies with that. He's doing the same thing. He's praying continually that he might be able to go there and encourage them and be encouraged by them. And it hasn't happened yet. But in God's timing, it will. I don't know if that's an encouragement to you or a discouragement to you. Keep praying. But know that when God brings it about, it might not be exactly as you were thinking. It sure wasn't for Paul, I don't think. Some of you who know the story uh, of this know that it's probably like 10 years, give or take, between when he's writing to the church at Rome, telling them that he is passionately praying continually that he would be with them, and when he actually gets there. That's a long time to wait. And he didn't get to book a Royal Caribbean cruise to get there. That's not how Paul ended up at Rome. Paul ended up at Rome because he first went back to Jerusalem to bring a gift to the church at Jerusalem, and then he was charged with all kinds of slander and things in Jerusalem. And because they were going to stone him and put him to death there, actually he'd already been both beaten, stoned, whipped. Then he gets to Jerusalem, they're going to now definitely kill him. And he goes, okay, I appeal to Caesar in Rome. So he's arrested, put on a boat, shipwrecked, found on another boat, then dragged to Rome and then imprisoned in Rome. Over a decade later, that's how he finally gets to Rome. That's God's answer to his prayers. Thanks, God. Appreciate that. But then, in prison, in Rome, this happens. That he encourages them and they encourage him. And he's delighted to be there, whatever the circumstances. Okay, if that's the way that God wants to bring me to Rome, that's the way I'm going to Rome. Praise God. This is why I say that this does not relate to anything else I can think of. Right? No health plan, no financial plan, no any other plan, no fix-it anything, no fixer person. There's nothing else that compares to this. Nothing else gives us that kind of joy and delight that we would suffer in those kinds of physical ways and take that long and still be praising God for His faithfulness and the things that He has has done. And all of this in order that I may reap some harvest among you, as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. We'll look more at verses 14 and 15 next week where he says, I'm under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to the foolish, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. That's his desire that he will get there and he will be able to proclaim the gospel to both those who already believe and who do not yet believe, that he might see in them the spiritual fruit as their eyes are opened and as they receive the love of God. And as we've talked about working through the book of Romans together, I have said that one of my stated goals is that not only would you understand the good news for yourself, but also that you'd be able to articulate it to share it with people who don't know don't yet know it but i want to point out some of the things that precede that right before paul gets there to proclaim it he's already thankful for it and the work that it's doing in other christians and praying for it and present with them right that's what he's desiring then his expectation for the mission. And so I don't think that we're going to suddenly just jump straight from, I have a Christian who believes, and oh, I kind of have this obligation that I better tell some other people. We're, we're not just going to jump straight from here to there. Not unless we first get it to the point that we're thankful we're thankful for the gospel within us and we're thankful for the gospel within other people because we just delight to see what God is doing in us and in them. And then praying. Praying, praying, praying. That God would give us the opportunity to be mutually encouraged. Right? Isn't that what we want? To share what God is doing in us and to hear what God is doing in you or in them? that we might be mutually encouraged. And that comes with the presence, spending time. So if you if you have been feeling some sort of obligation that you should be out there talking about Jesus, proclaiming Him boldly, but you just don't feel like you're there yet. Let's, let's just take a step back. Go, okay, that's all right. You're not ready to run a whole mile yet. Let's just run a hundred yard dash. We'll just, we'll just run, run a quick hundred yards. We're going to just start by praising God. Praising God for his love for us. Praising God for the good news of Jesus Christ. That good news... That even though our sin deserves death, God gave us His Son, who died on the cross and rose again from the dead, that our sin might be forgiven and we might be reconciled with God, known by Him and loved by Him. That's the good news for us. We thank God for that in us. We thank God for that in others. We begin to pray. And then eventually, the time will be there. The presence will be there. That we can be together with them and they can be together with us. And we can honor him that he might be glorified. For I long to see you. That I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you, as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. Would you do me a favor? Would you write down, you don't have to write on the back of your hands this time, just on a piece of paper. Who are the people that you're praying for? Who are the people that you're praying for? That you would love to see the opportunity to talk about the love that you have for Jesus with them. That they might be encouraged and you might be encouraged. Who are those people? Just write down. I'll give you 30 seconds or so. I would like you to commit for the next week to praying that you would have opportunity to talk about the love of God with these people. Okay? If you had a hard time coming up with a list and you felt a lot of pressure just now, you can go home and work on it this afternoon. It doesn't need to be a long list. Two, three names maybe. And then commit to praying this week that God would give you the opportunity to talk with them about the love of God. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we are grateful for the things that you have done. We are grateful for the gift of your Son. And Father, as we celebrate together, we ask that you would work in our hearts to make us thankful that we might rejoice in the things that you have done in us and that the things that you have done in others and are going to do in others. Father, would you make us prayerful? Praying for those with whom we already share this gospel And praying for those who do not yet understand it. That their eyes might be open to see. Their hearts ready to receive. And then, Lord, we pray for opportunities. Opportunities to uh, talk and discuss. Knowing that not every opportunity is going to result in a mutual uh, encouragement, but that some of them will. And so, Father, we pray for those opportunities to talk about that, that your name might be glorified and that it might go out and the world might praise because of the things that you are doing. And we ask for this now and celebrate it in the name of Jesus. Amen.